0: Welcome to A New Lease of Life, a podcast and insider's guide to the build to rent sector, exclusive interviews, thought provoking analysis, and entertaining discussion, brought to you by Devril Smith, the right people. Joining me on today's episode, someone who has been sat in the seat before an original thinker and thought leader, someone who never takes anything at face value, they question convention and aren't afraid to ask the big and awkward questions. They're a highly experienced residential property expert, and since joining the last show, they've gone on to found the UK Single Family Association in August 2023, uh, a not-for-profit members organisation representing the whole housing and construction spectrum. Richard Beridge, welcome back to a Newly Survived.
1: Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm just about surviving.
0: Good to see you, Richard. Look, a lot has happened since we uh, last spoke. Um, economically, we know it's been a, a challenging year. Uh, the private rental sector has grown, um, certainly not, but certainly not fast enough and I'm unsure how, how much closer we are to solving the the bigger issue, the housing crisis. Um, now look, speaking to you, Richard, you're clearly very passionate and I I, I, do, I do genuinely hear you talk about the need to uh, address these issues. So so with that, Richard, you've, you've recently announced the launch of the UK Single Family Association. Two questions, why? And what is it you do? Well,
1: that's, uh, that's a really good question. Um, the why is, is not a difficult one to answer in the sense is that you know, we've had this sector for quite a while now. You know We've had Sigma Capital have been going since something about 2015, 2016. And they are, in fact, right now, probably the biggest operator of built-to-rent, if we call that the overarching um, uh, category, uh, in the UK. You know, they have just over 5,000 uh, houses and uh, a few more apartments. The why is, fundamentally it wasn't really being addressed, you know, we have uh, a sector here that has really sort of enormous potential, Um, more potential I think than many people believe and I think a a lot of that potential has been suppressed in a way by some of the uh, people involved in the institutional sector who believe it's very difficult to scale. So, we formed the organization um, along with you know, some of my fellow uh, board directors because we kind of felt that it was underrepresented, that it's such a broad market, and that we wanted to kind of democratize the process of being part of the bigger, built-to-end scene. And you know, we kind of think that uh, the sort of multifamily market is pretty much tier one. Um, you know, it's, the, it's the, the principal cities in the UK. Generally speaking, it's large scale. It's delivered by sort of tier one contractors. It's overseen by tier one uh, consultants, and it's invested in by tier one investors. What we see in terms of single family housing is a much broader, a much broader market, and a market that can be uh, that reaches to the far corners of the UK, and where everybody can be involved. So. <coughs> What we looked at you know, when we started the, the U- UKSFa, was to see who out there had the potential to be involved in what we do. And the answer comes back is that pretty much everybody,
0: everybody
1: has got some experience of some sort in the market. And, um, and it doesn't matter whether they're a, a local letting agent or a local land and new homes agent, they have a very specific understanding and knowledge and experience in local markets And that is going to be extraordinarily important in bringing forward single family housing in the future, Um, and the single family rental market is going to be better for that sort of, if you like, that democratization of this process. We're also very conscious that we need to reach out further, um, and that means further into the into the into the planning arena, if you like, and sort of speaking to planners, and that's both committee members and also officers. Um, to talk about single family rental because we kind of felt that there was a big story to be told here uh, about how single family rental, you know, can help uh, grow the market generally speaking, and not just rental tenure. Um,
0: just so our listeners are crystal clear, you know, we the, the term single family rental, you know, I, I geographically I know that that term is something different in the US. Um, you know, you use the word multi-family, so I guess can you just um, just you know, how would you define single-family rental in the UK, and can you sort of debunk those other other definitions that are flying around?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, our cousins in the in the US do their best to confuse us uh, <coughs> most of the time, and it basically is this this business of you know uh, two uh, nations sh- uh, sharing, or basically divided by a common language. Um, in the US, single family housing has been used for a long time, many years, you know, well back into the, into the 90s. Um, a single family rental has been used to define single rental homes that institutions bought just after the, uh, the, uh, the GFC. So they would buy single homes, uh, generally speaking. Um, and in the States, that's how it's defined. <laughs> uh, confusingly, they also use the term built for rent, and they mean by that, Housing estates, not apartments, which are newly built or specifically built for rent. So they're kind of doing their best to kind of you know muck things up in terms of communication. Um, but over here, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, what we would say in terms of the s- single family UK single family associations that uh, SFR means single family rental, which are houses. Um, Suburban built to rent could mean houses and apartments low built and multifamily means large blocks of flats generally speaking at scale. Mm. But of course when we go back to the houses, you know the houses are not tend, do not tend to be built at scale because they are not built you know in a dense you know uh, urban environment they're built in a much gentler area of gentler density so they don't need to be' at yeah. sort of scale.
0: Can you give us a flavour of the, the size of the market? The BPF do a very good, and Savills sorry, do a very good job of uh, giving updated statistics on the build rent sector as a whole. And, and forgive me, I don't have the exact number, but I think we're around 85,000, 90,000 throughout the country. Um, Single-family rental specifically, what, what does that breakdown and, and geographic spread look like?
1: I think the last numbers <laughs> that the BPF and Savills came out with were, were you know, I'm the same as you, I don't remember the exact numbers, We're sort of circa 90,000. Uh, all in, you know, <coughs> in terms of build yep. to rent Yeah, um, But the multifamily part of that is around 80-odd thousand, and the single-family rental bit is around 10,000. So, you know, it's a relatively small element of of, uh, of of the whole of the built-to-rent sector at the moment.
0: It mm. feels that we've been talking about the benefits of an institutionalised rental sector for the past 10 years, but the, the majority of the conversation and argument has been very much focused on multifamily and numbers don't lie, if 80,000 of those 90 are, are multifamily, then um, that argument makes sense. So um, you know, specifically on single family rental, I mean, kind of two questions, why is it good? Um, and, and what is it that sets it apart from from other tenures in, in, in built to rent?
1: Well, it's, uh, well, c- clearly, you know, I suppose one of the biggest benefits probably became obvious during COVID, um, when people were able to sort of live, have a little bit more space, uh, at a little bit less cost, um, and also private outside space, and I think this became quite important to a lot of people. And this was sort of combined with the whole work from home ethic that, you know, came up or became crystallised during that during that period where people were clearly able to work from home, where they wouldn't wouldn't be able to either travel or go into the office. So that was sort of one thing. Um, it's difficult to know exactly why single-family didn't take off as quickly as, say, uh, multi-family. I think there's an awful lot about, you know, uh, uh, people following what the others do and feeling comfortable as part of the herd. I think now <coughs> that that herd is turning in a sense and they're beginning to see what the value of single-family rental. Um, they're beginning to see it because you can pretty much build single-family anywhere in the country. Yeah. And if you can build it anywhere in the country, you are going to have a significant impact on housing right the way across the country. You're not going to have such an impact if it's pretty much uh, based around a relatively small number of city centre locations, albeit, you know, places like Birmingham, for instance, there are, I think, at least over 40, 40 schemes, uh, multi family schemes, and, you know, probably similar in Manchester, Leeds is roughly growing, so is Newcastle, Bristol's very popular, and clearly London. But outside of these areas, we're gonna be looking at spaces which are both either suburban, ex urban, or rural, where single family housing can be built. And, you know, when I go back to the scale thing is it doesn't have to be of large scale because it's just yeah. not necessary. Now we've got some investors in the UK who will take as few as what? Well, fewer than fewer than ten. You know, some of the investors I've been speaking to recently will take thirty or so. Um, there was a deal done recently with Citra bought some some homes from from Barrett and some of those schemes and they, that was across quite a large number of uh, sites some of those there are fewer than 10, 10 homes on those sites so you know it's um, you know it, it isn't necessarily all about scale in terms of a single entity yeah. it's uh, it's much more about an a auton- you know a sort of living space I have to bear in mind that you know millennials are what i think they are 43 years old now they're upper end most of them will have you know partners some of them will have children Lots of them will want more space, um, you know. And then there are also sharers who get more space when, when, when they share a house as opposed to, and you know, I, mean, I come into London probably two or three times a week, and that's not dissimilar from many people these mm. days. So they don't actually need to be as close into London as perhaps as they used to be. And it's a lifestyle thing as well, yeah. you know. Some people prefer a more rural suburban li- lifestyle than, than than others, and so you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, you know, of course, really.
0: Mm. Um, I want to talk about kind of operational management um, because we, we we talk a lot about it. We talk about customer experience, and um, you know, w- one of the benefits I hear about single family housing is that there is an opportunity to have a much more efficient operational management framework. And what I mean by that is that you know that people are tending to stay longer, so there's fewer void periods, and you know, they're not having to turn around a home every twelve months or every six months. Um, uh, I hear there's also less maintenance costs perhaps less need for so many staff on site you don't need 15 people you might need 3 um, and, and technology clearly ha- plays a role here so c- perhaps possibly could you just expand on some of those points I've mentioned of what that operational op- uh, management opportunity looks like well there's
1: no M&E to start with you're not worried about lifts or Legionella or any of those sort of th- you know, yeah. health and safety issues or, 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 or management issues and there's no concierge and there's no sort of You know, common electricity to have to pay for to keep the whole thing (coughs) running. Um, You know, we will find. You know, a few a few um, uh, investors will probably replicate what they've done in the multifamily market. Mm -hmm. There are a few out there, but they are relatively few. And but there are also those out there who have a strong multifamily portfolio who are looking at single family very differently, very very much very much differently. Um, I think one of the scalability issues right at the beginning was was one of those things around that management piece. How are we going to manage these houses that are sort of scattered all across the country? Well, I'm not quite sure where that came from because the, the, the Americans have been doing it since about 2012, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Yardie shout out to Yardi so you know (coughs) become a member Yardi Um, you know know, Yardi have been sort of working on that process now for about uh, 10 years or so yeah and so they don't have any issues over there and uh, the thing is sometimes we are very insular in the way we think we think we have a problem and we think that problem is based on our thinking around other ways around you know multifamily and I think sometimes you've got to think outside the multifamily box it's very easy to think that we're in a you know, we're in a, a, an environment uh, which we've created, which is a multi-family thing, we've talked a lot about um, uh, sort of amenity space and uh, customer service and so forth, and we think that somehow we've got to translate that into mm. the single family market, which is just not necessary. The key thing about single family is that you'll tend to be building in existing neighbourhoods uh, within an existing community. Mm. And the idea really would be to uh, try and embed your residence within that existing community because that existing community is extremely rich and diverse. Yeah. You know, you, you, you'll you have people there who go to church, others that don't, go to the pub, others that don't, join the various clubs, create clubs, all those things, running club, dog walkers club, whist club. You know, a bunch of stuff that's always going on in uh, sort of suburban areas. Uh, it's a plethora of stuff. I mean, it's going on all the time, and it's really up to you. I mean, I, I think that the most um, uh, operational managers in single family housing would be far better off to employ a community engagement officer um, who goes out into the community, and I think some do, in fact. You know, uh, and then get them to sort of get this two-way conversation going between their renters and the existing community, and get them welcomed into it. That's not to say that you know there's a few. I mean, I think. Uh, simple life, you know. Sigma Capital's—they also do some events as well, particularly things like Easter egg hunts. You know, very specific times, and yeah. so that's very useful. So that there is stuff you can do, but you don't have to go mad over the whole immunity piece because it isn't very necessary. Mm. And in any case, it just adds to the cost.
0: Mm. I want to look um, now through the kind of the lens of an investor um, and r- looking at risk. Um, if you're comparing single family housing to a multi-family investment what what, what are the risks associated like is there who has the data right now to actually help make those decisions and uh, when we talk about underwriting uh, single family housing is it easier or more more difficult underwriting is extremely difficult
1: because um you know uh, the data that we tend to have at the moment doesn't really give us much of an uh, insight into what rents might be in a certain location outside the the uh, urban data we have is quite strong and because of the density it's quite a lot of it so we can get a pretty clear idea a uh, single family is, is is less good but there are some quite good people um, you know who are doing that who are you know can help in that that sort of respect I mean I, you know one of our uh, uh, board members is is data loft and I think you know I, I particularly wanted them on board because they have as part of the um, their group uh, housing economists and you need people who understand the market if they're going to give you the right sort of data. So you know from that po- point of view that, that sort of underwriting piece about rent it goes back to uh, local knowledge. Mm. And you know if you um, if you really want to know what's happening in a market speak to the local people because they will know and that's another one of the reasons for bringing the local people back back on into into our into our membership because they will know, uh, and also it gives some um, uh, it gives the investors a, a clearer idea from a number of sources, which then they can look at data from a number of sources and advice, and it would be able to give them a clear idea of how to make uh, what their underwriting looks like. There are other other things around single family housing that that is that is quite risk f- generally speaking, riskly as much as it can be, and that is they're easier to build. They're a lot easier to build than a very complicated, very tall, you know, concrete building, which, you know, for a counterpart from a counterparty perspective, you're probably going to need, um, you know, a tier one contractor mm. to do that. That's not to say <coughs> that there will still be risk with a smaller or an SME house builder. Uh, yeah, there will be, but fundamentally, they're building something yeah. that is a pretty straightforward box to be able to build, um, and you know, uh, you know, from a an investment point of view going forward, you know, we we've, we've ob- obviously you know talked a lot about um, uh, assets that could potentially become stranded over time, and you can kind of see that w- will happen with some of yeah. some of the assets that are being built because they are probably either not sustainable enough or not energy efficient enough. Houses are easier to retrofit if you've gone down the route of, of early scalability. You can do that. That's pretty good. But sort of going forward as well, you know, we're also going to be able to see houses built sustainably and locally. Mm. And the more local you can build, the more sustainable it is. Mm. Um, And then there's a whole bunch of sort of technology and and work that's gone into houses now that can make them super energy efficient. I'm not saying everybody has to go down the passive house route, but, you know, they've illustrated that you can basically save between 80 and 90 percent of of Mm. your running costs. By building highly energy-efficient houses, you know, with the technology, common technology, and you would probably have photovoltaics, and energy storage system, yeah. EV chargers, underfloor heating, and that kind of stuff
0: quite possibly single-family housing has there's a big opportunity and possibly for them to lead the way in terms of sustainability and, and, and energy I efficiency. think
1: I think that um, the, the single-family housing investors <coughs> so far and the people who are in that space you know are trailblazers and in, in, you know it's like a lot of things I think someone that says prove to me it can work you know, yeah prove to me that it works and we can work and prove to me that we can do the management you know, we we've seen people out there who have proved that can be done. You know, mm. um, and also that it's, it's it's affordable as well. And This yeah. is the kind of key thing is that you know if you're not including all this um, amenity stuff, it's yeah. affordable to people who do who can't afford some of the upper desir rents that some of the some of the uh, multi-family operators, you know, charge. Mm. I mean, people like um, Place First, for instance, mm. they're very proud of the fact that I think around twenty percent of their um, occupants are are key workers. These are, these are not people occupying DMR units. These are open market rent units because they're affordable. Mm. You know, and this is really quite important. And sort of and, and and as we sort of look closer into this whole single family picture, we kind of see well, what what are we what are we doing? You know, what, yeah, we're providing housing, but how are we doing that? Well, we're doing it because we can be part of a multi-tenure environment. Yeah. This is pretty much um, unique in what we do. We don't have to be worried about DMR. We can have social housing on our scheme, and we can have private, uh, privately owned on our scheme. Yeah. And in an awful way, that creates a much richer community, which is really quite important, yeah. which means that people are going to stay longer. And if we can be part of a multi-tenure scheme, if we can be part of the first part of that, we can see that our investors can start to kickstart lot of schemes that now wouldn't get going because they can underwrite that yeah. first phase and what that means is that there's certainty over delivery and so one of our <coughs> key objectives uh, in 2024 is to create um uh an environment where we are reaching out to local authorities and rps yeah i can't say too much about how we're going to do that at the moment we're doing it in collaboration with some other with some other groups as well. But it's important <coughs> that we do that because um, quite a long time ago I wrote something for CubeX Land which was called... Um, uh, in fact, I can't even remember what it was called now. It was about uh, um, understanding Build to Rent, <coughs> I think. And we wrote it for the members, not for the dir- not for the uh, officers. Uh, because it was we felt it was important for the members to understand Build to Rent, what it did, mm. and what the benefits were, and how it could bring, bring uh, schemes forward, the immediacy of it, and the certainty of it. And I think... <coughs> that's one of the things that we're going to be doing in single family housing is to is hopefully to speak with pretty much every member and every um officer that's involved in making decisions about housing across the country if we can't speak to everyone we definitely want to reach everyone so that's yeah. a big program that we've got coming you know 2024
0: uh, this leads me in nicely into my next question you're, you're not for profit which I love um, you know those are the sort of companies that are uh, uh, that you know they're driven by a mission to provide a service and actually help uh, help people or help the community so um, kind of very directly what is your mission
1: well the mission is to get more homes built as simple as that. Yeah. And the great thing about what we do is, uh, well, not just we, but the single-family rental market can do, is it encourages the building of of more tenures everywhere. And that's the great thing about it, because it isn't just about single-family rental. If we are successful in what we do, we know that we will bring forward social housing and housing for sale as well, and we will help sustain that at a scale right the way across the country. And so what we then start to think about is, what does, what, does that, what does that look like? You know, does that mean that we're going to be building more homes every year than we would otherwise do? Well, the answer to that is yes, I hope we will. And, and that's kind of key for us because housing is a key issue in this country, and it's a key issue all over the place. If I speak to our friends, our, our colleagues in the United States, you know, we talk about you know, housing issues they kind of like roll their eyes and go yeah well it's an issue everywhere you know so it's you know it's not just UK it's issue in the States in Canada and across Europe so far you know and affordability is is those same things and so you know we just want to get more homes built we're hoping that what we see you know with the the house builders at the moment is that there is going to be a genuine um, change in the way that they think about delivery some of them will and obviously some of them won't but I think you know from a from a getting stuff done point of view and from a, you know, people, profit, planet perspective. I think that investors in house builders and investors in single family rental are becoming very much aligned in terms of um, these th- those three P's, if you like. So yeah. I think that's going to be quite important that um, in order to fulfil those objectives, uh, those ESG, the proper ESG, that means, you know, social and governance as well as just environmental, mm-hmm. then I think we will we'll see a confluence of ideas <coughs> and people sort of, you know, coming together to think, actually, we can build more homes this way yeah. and not just build as many as we can sell.
0: Mm. Well, look, listening to you, it sounds like you're going to be in for a very busy 2024, um, but a very exciting one. And um, look, I was reading your manifesto, um, specifically your, your 11 focus areas. Um uh, you know, could, could you give myself and the listeners just uh, a sense of what you know, what you'll be up to, what, what um, a member would benefit from, and what you know, what your focus is today, moving forward?
1: Well, mean fact. Well, clearly our focus is on members because this is not <coughs> for profit. The members have to benefit from from, from being part of what we do. So, I, uh, one of the things we looked at when we were doing the website, we could have just done a kind of a website that people could have logged on on, on you know paper membership and then waited for an email to come through to say what the next event was going to be but we wanted to do more than that we wanted to you know we wanted to have something that was truly interactive a space where people could talk to each other and collaborate and communicate um, and you know express ideas to join groups uh, for our committees to be you know um, arranged through those for people to be able to um apply through it just to to become part of part of the committee but but for everybody to be part of that and i know that you know, we had a, a a chat off off you know off mic about you know uh the difficulties of being a recruiter sometimes because people you know kind of see recruiters is it's the same with uh, suppliers as yeah. well you know uh, uh, and a lot of people say it's the kind of casinos sometimes as like the surplus or you know t- but but not everybody within our uh, organization Will have a voice. It's really important. And again, I go back to the democratizing process. I, you know, if if, if there's a letting agent who joins us, uh, and and the membership fee for letting agents are relatively small, but if they join us in there and they're in say Winchester, they will have equal weight of voice as everybody else yep. to, to, to talk to us, to express ideas, to tell us about how what their difficulties are in their market. You know, I, I, that kind of whole piece is a really collaborative piece, and we need to we need to have it like that.
0: Yeah, I think we said it. Collaboration.
1: Yeah, collaboration is so key, and yet the funny thing is, a lot of people use the word collaboration, but it always tends to be collaboration on their terms. Yeah, you know, and and yeah, that's kind of fine. But you know, I've spoken to a number of people over the last week or so, or month or so. Sorry, not a week or so, uh, about what we hope to be achieving and. I'm just amazed by the number of people going. Yeah, we'll we'll get involved in that. We'll, we we want to do that. With, we we want to help you know spread the word. We want to help you know you you getting across to, to local authorities and we, we want to help bringing more people on board. Um, we kind of kind of see that big picture because it is you know it's, it sounds stupid to say it when you've got sort of eighty thousand uh, multi-family units there, like twelve thousand or ten thousand single-family units, but single-family will probably be the biggest sec- part of that whole sector. Yeah. You know, at so the moment,
0: that, that's it, what I was going to ask at the start. Like, how big can this get? And I think it will. Will it overtake multifamily in the?
1: Well, the I, I I think it will. And when I when I talk <coughs> privately to some of the investors whom you would know well, but it's privately, they kind of think so too. Uh, when you speak to some of the consultants, um, I guess their view is slightly coloured by speaking to existing investors rather than looking at the bigger bigger picture. Um, and they probably also look at house builders and thinking they're probably, or they may not be that in, that important going going further, but yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, or, or, or may not sort of you know stick with sort of supplying housing. Uh, and there's a whole number, bunch of reasons why they why they think you know multi family is going to be bigger, principally probably because of the scale of it. Each time there's a yeah. scheme announced, is about 300 units or more a single family is going to, it's a bit like tortoise and hare. It's going to like mm. everywhere, all the time, but it's going to be slowly. But it's going to be spread right the way across the UK. I mean, I'll yeah. give you an example. I mean, uh, the, the southwest is quite different. My, my dear old mum, God bless her soul. You know, she was born in Plymouth, Yeah. and um, you know my son played rugby for Plymouth Albion, and I've got such a soft spot for the southwest. Yeah. And yet, we, as a sector, we do relatively little. Level. So
0: to say, you used a term to me a couple of weeks ago about um, leveling up, yeah. but we haven't leveled, haven't leveled west in a way.
1: Well, we don't. Whenever we talk about leveling up, our eyes, our eyes always turn uh, turn north, and um, yeah. and yet there are plenty of places. You know, I had a friend of mine, as I think I may have told you before, who who who, um, who took a, a, a lectureship job down at Falmouth uh, University and she couldn't find anywhere to to rent. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that it was too expensive. Well, it was expensive, but there's nowhere either. It just wasn't anywhere. You know, and how can a university like Falmouth expect to keep any of its talent if yeah. there's nowhere for there to live? And if there's nowhere for there to live, there's going yeah. to be no growth <coughs> in the industry. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. But yeah. we need to do that. But I was very pleased to see that... Um, um, I think it was PJIM and uh, Cornwall uh, Pension Fund, I think, are b- building, I think it's 67 houses in Campbell, mm-hmm. down in, in Cornwall. You know, and that's the start. That just kind of shows you, yeah. like, you know, it can be done in the southwest, and it has to be done in the southwest because we can't just pick the hot spots. East Anglia is not you know, not dissimilar. Mm. You know, there's a few things going on in East Anglia yeah. at the moment. It Doesn't have to be in places like Ipswich or, or Norwich necessarily, or, yeah. or Colchester, or whatever. It can be pretty much anywhere, and that's the beauty of houses. You can put houses yeah. in sometimes in in some places <coughs> which you think wouldn't work, but it will work. Yeah, because there's only rental houses.
0: On a slight side note, we 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 talk about later living, which is obviously another hot topic. Um, I, I, it, it makes I'm sure we could potentially see the emergence of a later living single family housing. Oh, for, for,
1: oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, for sure. meaning anything you know, I just think where I live at the moment, yeah. just outside, you know outside Hazelmere and you know we've got like retirement bungalows Yeah, you know I, I'm a trustee of a small housing association and we have three retirement yeah. bungalows and um, which, which are perfect you know again they're houses so you know, they, they will they will work well but again it's part of that sort of richer community you know when you're when mm. people are being part of part of something else and that, that's I suppose the, the main difference perhaps I don't know maybe one of, them, one of the main differences is single-family housing and multifamily is that it actually works better multi tenia, single family, um, and you know, clearly the uh, the yeah. multifamily doesn't work quite so well. It has to be DMR because it needs yeah. to be operated in the un- unified management.
0: Mm. Um, so look, it, this all, it all sounds great. I guess the one of the biggest challenges, or what it sounds like we need, is that we need to get people on board. And I think for this to really work, yeah, I mean, is to having people from all walks of life actually getting behind this. There,
1: there's, no, there's no doubt about it. I think those people who are involved in them do see the bigger picture, and I think they've seen yeah. the bigger picture for quite a while. And I think sometimes. They can't understand why others don't. Uh, And and, uh, I mean, I can, for for a sense, you kind of see that, you know, when you follow the herd, you go down a a specific route. And also, if you're a big big investor and you're a big consultant, you don't want to get involved necessarily in 10 homes here, there and everywhere. But there are people that will. And that's the point. You know, whilst the single family housing will deal with bigger schemes at the same time. So it's not excluding anybody. It's like from the biggest schemes right down to the smallest. But the point is that we will have smaller schemes. We will have schemes whereby uh, people invest in uh, 50 houses. But we'll also have schemes where people invest in just six houses, or they might have been best in a gated community, in, let's say, somewhere like St George's Hill where they're building specifically for footballers and they you know, and they are offering them a huge amount of amenity. Yeah. See the the range of possibilities around a single family is virtually limitless. Mm. Uh, which means that you know, the that's, that's the scale is limitless as well. It is limited at the upper level by the density at which you would you would obviously want to build and um, that's not just the density of the homes themselves but yeah. the density of the population around them so mm. but there are certain areas that you know can yeah. I mean I know the term um, um, I think that package living I've got sort of circa 200 up in Telford I looked at where that was and it's completely surrounded by other housing so there's a fair chance I think that might work
0: yeah um, so look, I'm, I'm a listener I'm uh, I'm listening to this podcast I'm in I'd like to join what do I need to do how, d- how do I do that
1: well hopefully the website will be up soon will be the one but they can always email either me or uh, we have a, an email address for membership which is memberships at uh, UKSFA dot org yeah. um, and um, you can always sort of you know, uh, as people have done they, uh, uh, email us on that and then we'll be on that list and as soon as we get the, everything up and running and you you, you can join we, we specifically haven't um, allowed anybody to join yet because we wanted to be ready for that to happen yeah. you can't go off uh you know and a half baked doing this it's got to be done properly and i wanted that website to, to work properly and um we have got a lot of work to do i mean next year is going to be a lot of work it, it mm. isn't just about g- getting members members on board we've not been focused on getting members on board yeah. we're really focused on building homes mm. for people rental homes and we want everybody to come along on that journey who wants to build more homes.
0: Yeah. Richard, thank you for joining, it's been a pleasure.
1: It's been a pleasure. Love this to to you.